0: Good morning. Welcome to another recording of Oxford Community Schools podcast and this morning, we're sitting down with House Representative John Riley. And before we continue into that conversation, and Mr. Throne introduces John to us, uh, let me just remind us of our vision and our mission at Oxford Community Schools. Here at Oxford Community Schools, our vision is to create a world class education today that shapes tomorrow's leaders. We do so by fulfilling our mission to provide an education that challenges all students to achieve. Their maximum potential in academics arts and athletics and prepares them to succeed in a global society so mr throne this morning we've we've arranged to have representative john riley with us it's good to have him with us good morning um, john good morning glad to be here
1: yes i uh <clears throat> i was introduced to john i don't know a couple years ago i guess and uh have had some ongoing conversations and have uh, appreciated all his work that he has tried to do for the students and community of Oxford. Representative Riley was first elected to the Michigan House of Reps in November of 2016, so actually three years ago, not two, and represents residents from North Oakland County, including Oxford, Lower Oxford, I mean Orion. Uh, Oakland, Addison, and Brandon townships. Are you assuming no one caught that? <laughs> caught what? I just I had a I had a cough in my throat there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Representative Riley graduated from Royal Oak Kimball High School. Received an automotive tech engineering associate's degree from Oakland Community College. He currently um, serves as vice chair on the House Oversight Committee and a member of the Commerce and tourism, education, natural resources, and outdoor recreation committees. Uh, Professionally, Rep. Riley worked for 20 years in the automotive test engineering world before starting his own home service business called Log Cabin Handyman, which he's owned and operated for the last 15 years. And on a personal side, Representative Riley has been married to his wife Karen for 34 years, they have four adult children who are Katie, Renee, Hillary, and Thomas, and they have seven grandchildren. With a couple, a, a couple on the way, I hear.
2: You got that's right. We got uh, two one in uh, end of December, one in, in January. So awesome. Uh, hopefully that'll be nine next time I see it.
1: Well, o- hopefully uh, end of December to get that little tax break there. That's, that's right.
2: <laughs> I'm I keep telling my kids that that's the way you want to do it. Get them in before the end of the that's year. That's
1: right. December is a great month for birthdays. Um, Representative Riley enjoys outdoor activities, including backpacking, camping, hunting, and fishing, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I am going to jump right in, if it's all right with you, John. And sure. I was excited for you to, to come and join us here at our administrative building downtown And uh, yeah, just uh, give our people a glimpse into your world as a house rep. Us out here who's never experienced that have a certain perception of what you do on a daily basis. I'm sure that's quite different. Uh, Part of the reasons why we have been doing these podcasts is for the same reason from my role as superintendent. A lot of people have a certain perception of what a superintendent does on a daily basis and things like that. And so our goal is to um, inform people, educate people, have some fun doing it, and uh, maybe just give them a, a glimpse into what your world looks like as a house rep. Sure, so, sounds good. Uh, we're going to do that. I'm going to throw a couple of uh, questions out there to tie it back into to our world of education. And so really that, that first question is, as we sit here today, John, how can I, as a local superintendent, how can I um, play a role, assist, or um, uh, somehow help? A house rep, when it comes to educational issues,
2: sure, uh, well, you can just imagine that uh, a state rep is not expert on all the issues that he 's involved with, and so he really uh, I really rely on uh, expert opinions from people that are in the field, uh, whether it 's in natural resources or education or whatever so this in the area of education, uh, I desperately need to have input from uh, my superintendents uh, they have to clue me in what's going on, and actually, uh, superintendents are often, I found out, have the greatest ideas on areas, whether it's cost savings or improvements to make things more efficient. I think probably one of the most notable ones that uh, I've been working on for a few years now is uh, the uh, work keys test and, the, and coming up with a bill that would make this optional for 11th graders. Uh, most uh, 11th graders who have taken the work keys test uh, don't really speak very highly of it. Uh, most superintendents in the state uh, do not speak highly of it. In fact, every superintendent in Oakland County signed a letter that said that they would not run the test if they were given the option. Uh, so that came from a superintendent. The superintendent clued me in about the WorkKeys test. And so that's something I'm presently working on to try to eliminate that test. Or not eliminate it, but at least make it optional. So uh, if superintendents want to run it, they can. And uh, so that would just be one of the examples of many uh, we are not experts on everything we we depend uh on people that are in the field
1: so what i hear you saying john is you're a real person you're not just uh a name and a title out there and uh we should feel free to as a superintendent i should feel free to contact you and let you know either my opinions of uh current issues or if i have ideas um you're open to hearing what those are.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I'd love to hear that. I mean, we've got some ideas that we're working on right now, some other ideas that a superintendent brought us. So we have a very – I'm trying to be as transparent as possible uh, through, uh, you know, on my votes. I list how I vote and why I vote. And we have an office that is uh, uh, got, it's great. got great staff there who really uh, do a great job. Interfacing, and we're open to anybody, residents, anybody who have any input on anything. So feel free to call my office, and uh, we'll definitely get on it.
1: In your opinion, do you believe we'll ever see a school funding plan that will bring a better balance, equality of funding to districts across the state?
2: Well, that's the uh, goal overall is to uh, bring up those. Uh, it's, called, it's called the 2X uh, rule. So they're trying to bring up the bottom uh the, the those school districts which get the least amount of money and make and bring them up to the same level so they're all even across the board across the state. But it's not uh, something that's going to happen rapidly. But there is a pressure to do that. I know that for a few years we've made adjustments to it, and then we're going to continue to try to do that to uh, bring up those lower school districts.
1: Gotcha. Um, speaking of the education budget, like, can you give us an idea of like how that is? how that is crafted. So this past year, uh, Oxford received a $280 increase per people funding. How does that $280 come into existence? Why, why wasn't it $80 or why wasn't it $380? Can you just, uh, speak to that a little bit and give our listeners some idea of, of the education
2: budget? Sure. So, uh, in the house we have, uh, we have an education committee, which I'm on, but then we also have a uh, appropriations education committee. And so appropriations, that has to do with the funding, they are the ones that deal with a lot of the detail, those kinds of details, and how, they, and how much money is going to go to different programs and how much per-pupil funding is going to be. And that's all worked out. And so the state reps that are on appropriations, that's one thing uh, you may not realize is that uh either a rep is either on appropriations or he's on a uh standing committee that a policy committee so uh the appropriations people they one they come in in January they're working on the budget uh for the first 6 months or 5 months and uh and then periodically uh throughout the rest of the year depending on what comes up so they're uh they're the ones that are working day in and day out on the the most important job of the legislature which is to allocate funds and so i'm not really privy to know exactly how they uh give us the final budget but then the budget comes to us after the appropriations uh committee is done with it and uh we take a look at it and we talk about it and then we will vote on it as a house gotcha uh before it goes over to the senate and uh so i don't ro- i really don't see it until uh you know maybe a week or two weeks before the uh, we're going to vote on it
1: so this is getting Good. I'm going to just have a couple of follow-up questions. So if we use this last year as an example, and maybe it wasn't a good year to use an example, but we're going to do it anyways. The House, at the end of the day, you guys vote on what you think the state's budget should be. At the same time, the Senate is creating their own budget of what they think the state's budget should be. And the governor is doing her budget at the same time, correct?
2: Right. Well, th- initially, the governor comes out with her uh, her forecast of what she'd like to see. She kind of t- tell us tells us that up front or somewhere halfway probably between the budgeting process. So we kind of see what the governor wants. But that's that's not probably, doesn't fit into the mix as much as we determine what we want. That's what our job is. We're, we're the Re- House of Representatives. We represent people. We're supposed to be bringing our ideas to the table, not necessarily... Uh, just in alignment of what the governor wants. So then we bring, uh, and like you said, the the Senate is bringing up their own version. Then it goes through a process of reconciliation. Uh, but first off, we vote on our budget. So the House will vote on their their budget, uh, and then the Senate will vote on their budget, and then we'll reconcile them, and then we'll vote again, and then that goes to the that then goes to the uh, uh, to the uh, governor, and then she, uh, she either she passes it or she doesn't.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I think I'm uh, learning a little bit in our conversation already today. This is, this is really cool. Um, I don't know. Are there uh, maybe some other topics, John, that uh, you could talk about or give us an example of like, I don't know how, how your daily work, what it consists of, what, what you do, that kind of thing.
2: Well, I mean like I say we're on I'm on various uh, different committees and uh, so we're tackling uh, lots of different issues on these committees and so uh, a committee is a group of people around uh somewhere between I'll say 10 and 15 people that talk about different topics. And so that's often you on a committee you get the first flag or first awareness of a certain bill because after a bill is originated, then it comes to a committee. A committee then debates it or brings it up, and we have witnesses that come in and talk about it. And then from the committee process, uh, it's referred out of that committee process, actually to another committee generally, the Ways and Means Committee. Then it comes to the House floor. So uh, the, the committee is where a lot of these things, a lot of these issues, policy issues, come up and it's a and it's the first time when a bill actually you know whether it's going to have some movement or not because there's lots of bills that get introduced but they go nowhere they don't have any committee hearings and so that's up to the committee gotcha. chair so uh for uh, for a resident if, if they see something going Through the committee process, and there's a good chance that that bill is going to go out to the floor. Once it, well, if it has to pass out of the committee, but once it passes out of the committee, there's a good chance it will eventually get to the floor. May not be for a month; it could be six months, but uh, it'll definitely come out. So we we deal with a whole bunch of topics.
1: Once once the bill goes to the floor, is there still, I don't know, additional manipulation? to that language of the bill, or once it goes to the floor, it's pretty much, okay, we're going to either pass this or not pass it?
2: I will say that uh, generally the changes are made in committees. Uh, However, there still is an opportunity, because as they're getting them through the committees, uh, they're thinking about, are we going to have the votes to pass this? So they're actually probably talking to some people out there and saying, hey, do we think we have the votes to pass this on the House floor? And the only time that uh, when it comes out to the House floor and then they don't have enough uh, votes to pass it, or if somebody actually has, you know, a, a great idea that nobody thought of and they want to make it adapt, then they can make an amendment on that bill on the House floor. Gotcha. Uh, but that usually doesn't, that doesn't happen too often, although it does happen, and uh, especially for uh, small issues. If it's a big issue, then it usually gets worked out in the committees.
1: Gotcha. Okay. One of the topics that actually, uh, myself has addressed lately. I want to say, uh, last week, I think it was, I actually attended our Oxford Township Planning Commission meeting and, uh, spoke in their public comment period in regards to Beaumont's proposal to add a hospital or some facility here in Oxford. Can you speak to, I don't know, are you in favor of that, not in favor of that? Um, I don't know. Just what what are your thoughts about a hospital in Oxford?
2: Well, first off, so the state gets involved in this because they determine if uh, there's a certificate of need, if they actually need to have a hospital in the area and uh for me uh the state actually does this with other things too, and not just hospitals, but they there's many other areas that the uh state interjects and uh in many of these cases, I kind of really question what is the state even getting involved with this for uh this is a uh private business coming in to open up uh in a location which they deem is worthwhile I think that uh they're the, they're sharpening their pencil they're saying, hey is this going to make sense or not uh is this uh are we going to make money here? Is this uh, going to, are there going to be enough people that come here to make money? Uh, I think they're going to do a better job of determining the need than uh, the state is, to be honest with you. So I'm more in favor of uh, doing away with some of these certificate of need programs that we have. I'd have to look closely at all the details of this one, but I just think that overall the uh, marketplace should be determined uh, where a hospital should go, not the uh, not the state.
1: Gotcha. Uh, okay. No? Well, I guess for everybody who's listening to this podcast, we're just going to have to wait and see. But just so you know, from from my standpoint, I did, um, uh, I don't want to say testify, but I guess maybe that's the, the best word, to the uh, Oxford Township Planning Commission Board that I said on behalf of Oxford Schools that we would absolutely love to have a, uh, a hospital here in town and or some type of emergency facility, that kind of thing, to uh, have quicker, better, faster access to emergency care than, than what happens today. Uh, I mean, what happens today, I mean, we've, we've either got to go north to Lapeer, over to Rochester, or south you know, down to, to Pontiac, that kind of thing. And so we'll wait to see what happens with the township planning commission and we'll, we'll certainly keep you updated. Are there other topics besides the hospital in Oxford? Are there other topics that can on lately or, uh, I don't know, would be a good example for how things happen in, in the house?
2: Since I think we're kind of wrapping up here, I'll just, let me bring up a couple of topics, uh, First off, I think that uh, one of the things the government uh, sorely needs is to have citizens uh, basically aware of what's going on. I know that the national news uh, seems to get a lot of attention and the state news and the local news doesn't, uh, or what's politics doesn't seem to get as much attention. But uh, we really need to have citizens focusing on what's going on in the state because this is the level that you have the opportunity to affect the most. And uh, so I'm a real uh, advocate of informing people on what's going on in the state. Uh, my website, my Facebook, I list uh, every vote I take. I say, and this is repjohnreilly.com, uh, or repjohnreilly on Facebook. I s- I'll tell people what the, what the uh, vote was about we had on the House floor, uh, how did I vote, and then I'll give a reason why I voted the way I did. So trying to bring transparency and then inform people what's going on. Uh, but this is sort of after the fact, this is after I voted on it, it would surely be good for people to interject before that time mm-hmm. uh, before it comes up. And uh, But I just find that there's a, most people have no idea of uh, all what we're working on, and that's a problem because uh, uh, we have to be I have to hear from people, and I have to and we have to uh, have people aware of what their representatives are are doing. So mm-hmm. a good example would be uh, we had a bill that we thought was going to come on the House floor last Wednesday, which was uh, House Bill 5229. And this allows uh, for this this bill at a state level will allow changes in the state law to allow uh, passage of a regional transit authority more easily in the metro area. So as you know, or maybe you don't know, yeah, you know, uh, we talked about it before, that uh, – we previously voted on a regional transit authority, and, and the voters told us, hey, we don't want this regional transit authority in our area. Both Macomb and Oakland County voted it yep. down. So now uh, the uh, people that would are trying to still push this on us, and they're trying to come up with creative ways to do that. Well, one of the creative ways is to change the state law to allow uh, Macomb to opt out of this. And so by doing that, that would leave Macomb County – uh, out of it it would keep it would keep Oakland, Washington and Wayne County in and uh, i believe that the powers that are trying to push this think that they can win over Oakland County which is possible and the problem of that is is that the northern part of the county most likely would not see any of the services from it for one thing and then just from a from a from a bird's eye view uh, mass transit uh, here again, I'm a free market guy. If mass transit makes sense, then I think the free market is the place where it would come in and people would say, hey, I want to invest some money. And it may be through Uber or other devices other than what we may think of. Creativity abounds when you in the, in the marketplace. And if there's an issue at hand like that, I'm all for turning it over the, to the marketplace and let them take care of it, not, the, uh, not have uh, residents of northern Oakland County funding something that they're predominantly not going to get to use. Gotcha. And we're talking a big amount here, too. We're talking up to five mils. So on a, uh, a uh, house that's worth $200,000 taxed on $100,000, that'd be $500 a year. Wow. So these, uh, these are some significant taxes that they're looking through this RTA. Now, I started talking to some of my friends about it, and we were going to vote on this last, uh, last week, and most people had no idea what we were even doing. They had no idea that this bill was up there. And this could affect them uh, substantially. If this uh, then get, goes to the polls and we vote on it at the polls and it and, and it and they pass it, then we got a we got a substantial tax burden that we're paying here in Northern Oakland County for something that we don't uh, necessarily agree with. Gotcha. So that's just uh, one example of how things are, how uh, of an issue that people need to be aware of. And uh, there's many uh, ways to uh, keep keep up. You can either look at the uh, my my uh, website, which I list some of the things, but or there's lots of other uh, publications that list things like Mackinac Center for Public Policy is a local think tank. They they are a great resource to. Uh, they report on all the bills that are coming up. Uh, it's a great resource for Michigan residents.
1: What is the best way for somebody to contact your office? Is it your I don't know, your webpage, your Facebook site. If, if I want to get a hold of John Riley and make sure you know my feelings on a topic, what's the best way to do that?
2: Yeah, so if you were just uh, to uh, bring up my uh, house website, uh, which is uh, com, you could uh, contact my office and then just voice your concern to uh, this, my staff. i got a great staff there, and then they will get the word to me. So you can either email me, call my office, either way.
0: John, it looks like, as you and Tim were discussing there, I was doing a little digging on the gophouse.org website, and it looks like the best way, and I could see where it took you a little bit to remember what your address was, because it's not real succinct. It is simply gophouse.org forward slash representative forward slash southeast forward slash Riley forward slash... So it does appear, John, that it would be easiest if people just communicated quickly and easiest through your Facebook page under Representative John Riley, Or, as you said, just call your office directly, which that number is 517-373-1798. And again, uh, the website to also get is just repjohnreilly.com. That's your website, not the official House GOP website. But uh, that number, phone number again, is 517 373 1798. Can I, what, what are your feelings on,
1: on term limits?
2: Uh, well, basically, I'm, I'd be opposed to them, but it requires a well informed public. Because they have to know who their people are, and uh, that's the missing key is that if people aren't informed, they're electing people that they don't, that doesn't represent them. Uh, You know, they don't know that because they don't know their, they they don't know their, um, they don't know who they are, people are. I mean, this is the the major problem that we have at every level, even at... uh, you know a local level people don't know who their school board members are they don't know who their county they don't know who their library board members are they don't know who their county uh, commissioners are they don't know who they don't know who the people are that are representing them and this is the problem in a, in a, in the right in a in, in the right way if people knew that then i would be take away the term limits uh, cuz there's no need for them because people are informed
0: well and you're growing relationship and involvement and connection and then people are cherishing that person as a representative because they've grown to know them. They know their community. They live with each other. Um, One of my questions was, and it does reflect out of, I think, my office of trying to figure out how we as a school district do a better job getting information into the hands of people. Um, What would you propose somebody that's struggling to get information? What are the first two, three things like... Here, Matt, here's what you can do to become a more knowledgeable individual. I see on the House Reps webpage that I can join the district mailing list. Um, That's obviously an easy first step. It's right there bold and center on the front of your your, uh, Reps page. What other things could be done by me as the citizen that's going to go to the polls next time and vote to be informed, plugged in, dialed in?
2: Yeah, well, you basically have to follow – uh, what your representative is doing, what your city council members are doing, how are they voting on issues, and why are they voting the way that they are? So then you can understand what their, you know, who they are, what are their principles, and that's the critical part. You're trying to determine what are what makes this guy tick, what are his values, at every level. Same thing with a a, a school board member. Uh, Are they voting for the kinds of things that you think are important? Well, you have to go to the school board meetings or look at the school board minutes to see those things.
1: John, it has been truly a pleasure to have you come and join us in our, I don't know, our humble but, um, I don't know, pretty cool podcast here. Uh, We're thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule to stop by, say hello, say hello. Inform us a little bit about what it looks like to be a state rep, and bring us up to date on maybe some of our local issues. Anything you want to say to our teachers, employees, our community of Oxford?
2: Well, uh, well, yeah. Well, if you're talking about teachers, you just got you just flagged me. I think the teachers one of the things that are most important that I look at when I've talked to a lot of teachers knocking on doors is that. Just all the mandates that are put on on them, and uh, I'm all for removing unnecessary mandates that the state puts on. I think that I do not want to be micromanaged myself in whatever job I'm doing. I don't want to see a teacher micromanaged by the state. So anything we can do to remove uh, state regulations on teachers I'm in favor of that are not necessary because I think that they're straddled with way too much right now. I, we've talked already about standardized testing, and I think that standardized testing is way over the top. Uh, too much importance to put on this. Uh, but uh, I, that could be a whole other topic someday if you ever decide <laughs> to have me come back. I, I had a great time here. Uh, Matt, Tim, appreciate you uh doing this with me and i appreciate what you're doing for this for oxford uh because i think this is a great thing to get the word out about uh issues that are important to people
1: awesome well we we have a great uh saying here well we have a A
0: sign off slogan
1: a a sign off slogan a saying here in oxford that goes something like this it's a great day to
0: be be a wildcat